again, hi everyone. We're help, we're meeting with a guest speaker today. Um, Laura is joining us from Tennessee. She is a middle school educator, and Peter and I are reaching out to educators across the country and the world to chat with how their lives are being impacted by COVID-19 and, and how that's impacting teaching and learning practices for them. So I'm going to turn it over to Peter to kick us off. So Laura, if you wouldn't mind, please tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, who you are, how you use technology, and how the current COVID-19 situation has kind of changed your life, what's different now from what it used to be in terms of how you interact with your students and how you as an educator continue on your daily journey to you know, deliver education to the students that you work with. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for having me. My name is Laura and I am from Tennessee. I currently teach middle school Spanish to over 164 students. Their grade levels range from fifth grade to eighth grade. Prior to COVID-19, I definitely um, was a paperless classroom teacher, so I was very familiar with Google Classroom, Flipgrid, Quizlet, Pear Deck, etc. Since the virus and our distance learning has started, I definitely have um, made myself available more often during the evening time for students, in the morning, weekends, and I've really tried my best to be very creative to my learners. And a lot of that I post on our Google Classroom opportunities for them to con me and connect with the material from their house and so not only through technology but I've provided some other ways such as uh, sidewalk chalk and I just drew some equations and some verb conjugations from my sidewalk and um, posted on Google Classroom. I did porch poetry. I did cool. a birthday bubble party for the kids. So a lot of it is content but I do find myself more focusing on social emotional learning just because I care a lot about um, their emotional health right now just as much as you know teaching them the language. Yeah what have you found from like this the kind of social emotional side of things has been the challenge in your from your perspective teaching in terms of like I'm sure you have this content you have to get across and I have to say I smiled when I heard it was middle school Spanish because I moonlighted <laughs> as that for two months when I first started teaching I substitute taught and I speak like three sentences of Spanish so that totally brought me back to my time doing that nice. um, but I'm curious what it's been like for you to like knowing that there's like a lot of tension and anxiety and everything else I mean we have college students but Chuck I know you can echo this we have that a lot of emotional and in, in, in anxiety issues related with our students right now, that, you know, so faculty and staff, to be quite honest, that we're trying to figure out how to handle all of that. So when you're thinking about how to get across to your students, like content, how are you doing that, but also being mindful of, they might be freaking out. Right. So I try to be really cognizant of, you know, their age is pretty much 10 to 13 and every household is going to look different, obviously. So I try to provide different opportunities to connect with their peers. And so I've used Flipgrid a lot. And so I'll post a video from my house and then I encourage them to post a video with their pet or wear a silly hat. So it is still learning, but it's kind of done in a way that makes it available, obviously, because they're at their home, they can complete it whenever they want, because, you know, I don't always know, like, what is the best time for them might not be the best time for me. And I'm also mindful that 
some of them are the oldest sibling in their household, so they might be babysitting mm -hmm. their siblings. They might only have one computer. So you have to really think about access as well. Um, and I just try to like, I surprise them with little videos, trivia games, something to look forward to a day in and day out. So they're like, hey, I'm popping on Google Classroom. My teacher cares about me. I send them little snail mail um, just so they know that I'm thinking about them. That's cool. Have you found any, um, I'm curious, have you ended up having any like virtual celebrations with them since things have gone out? Because I know I hear different things about like virtual yeah. birthday. Yeah, so the first thing I did, I used Evites a lot prior to this um, within the classroom. And so I hosted a virtual egg hunt. It's kind of crazy, but <laughs> I designed a Google drawing and then I created little eggs with vocab and we all got on Zoom. And of course, they found all the eggs very fast. <laughs> but the point was it kind of mimicked the real world like our egg hunt on the front lawn of our school. And so that was fun. They really liked the pet party. I called it a paw party. So that was fun because I got to see them and their little furry friend. And I think they felt really comfortable, you know, just in their element. That's awesome. Peter, do you want to uh, do your next one? L Laura, have you found that uh, in this transition where you're like surprised that your students either had or didn't have as much access to technology as you kind of thought? I mean, you mentioned that you were already using technology heavily before that, but since everybody got stuck at home now and weren't, and they couldn't access, you know, their school issued computers and classrooms and such things, were you also kind of fighting with them being able to get to all your Zoom and Google Classroom lessons and so on and so forth? Or were, was that batch of students already in good shape to begin with? Yeah, honestly, I've found it all across the board. I have children that interact with me every single day, multiple times of day. And then unfortunately, I also haven't heard from a lot of kids frequently, very um, randomly. Sometimes I might hear from a parent. And yeah, so I think it looks very different between each household. And like I already mentioned, you know, if there's four or three kids and there's one laptop and mom and dad's working or mom and dad needs the computer, you know, I know that's difficult for the child to say, like, I need this computer at 1030 a.m. You know, I know that's not always possible. So I think it it looks very different across all my learners. Sometimes, you know, some contact me at different times of the day, different days of the week. Some do a lot of assignments on the weekend, you know, like instead of during the week, I'll kind of get a lot of work turned in at the weekend or at midnight, you know, so it varies. But I know access is definitely a problem. Yeah, that's what we're seeing to some extent as well. It's, it's, it was sort of unknown before all of this started, and I don't think anybody had a really good handle on exactly how good or bad it was going to turn out in terms of who had what. Yeah. Correct. Um, and, you know, on, on a sort of a positive note, when, you know, one day when this is all over and, you know, we can have our 50 students in one classroom again without masks and, you know, all collaborating together, what are some of the things that you see that have been kind of changed or adapted now that you would like to carry forward that you think are good changes? Yeah, so I started doing virtual trips with the kids. And so once a week on Fridays, I dress up and I have my passport and my suitcase. Cool. And 
go places around the world. Um, there's this website I found you visit and I've been tweeting a lot about it and I honestly never used it before because I would show them a slideshow, we watch a YouTube video and that was great. But now they're like, um, I guess they're panoramic views and aerial shots of these countries and famous landmarks. And so that's been kind of fun. Not sure like how that will look like, you know, in the classroom, but I still think it will be fun to dress up. Um, I do shaving cream with the kids on Fridays in the classroom to conjugate verbs. Um, so I've been doing that on YouTube and that's been working well. You know, I probably won't do the porch poetry as much, but um, we've done bingo boards. So I think that'll be a hybrid of things I'll still implement, implement but some things um, I probably will no longer do. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing um, all of the different ideas and things that you're doing with your students. I know I got a ton of ideas just from hearing you say about like the, the porch poetry because I was thinking, you know, that really challenges my thinking. I would have never thought to do that. But now I'm like, I think I really want to find some because I teach IT courses, IT related poetry because the kids think I'm nuts and go read that outside. Because I think the big part of this and what I'm encouraging our faculty to do is do something silly. It's okay. Like you can try to get outside of your comfort zone to just show them show your students, you're human, first of all, and then it doesn't have to be perfect to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but thank you for making the time for us today, Laura. We really appreciate it.